And the episode is uh, Dark Age. In which, Sadie? In which Giles' sexy bad boy youth become becomes a classic rock demon. A classic rock demon. A classic rock demon, yeah. Yeah, yeah although, definitely. Although not the, just any old demon. Yeah, actually not. I have a point, but I'll, I'll leave it to the very, very end of the episode because that's where it comes oh. in. Um yeah, so this uh this is a this is a a great episode for kind of like deep buffy mythology building, you know, backgrounds oh, yeah. of the characters, different relationships, you know, mostly mostly Giles and um and Jenny. Also just kind of seeing the characters like take on different roles, Cordelia helping out more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh Willow She kicks somebody. Yeah, Willow being kind of taking the lead and doing mm-hmm, like the lead mm-hmm. in the research and things like that there. So uh yeah there's like quite a lot in this um in terms of translations all pretty much like kind of the dark ages the dark age uh the middle ages and romanian um i liked polish it's demons of the past <laughs> that's good that's good uh japanese is past secrets again very to the point mm-hmm. yeah um, they're always very to the point yeah um and uh french is possibly the most sort of um uh, poetic. It's uh, la face cachée, which is the hidden face. The hidden face. Mm, so maybe like Giles's hidden face that he hasn't shown. Oh so, yeah. You know his sort of like sexy rocker face. Yeah. That was like I don't know if you could tell that was meant to be like a good as like yeah, cool guitar. Riff. Yeah, like a, like a guitar riff, like the one a in sweet in, sweet guitar lick. sweet lick. <laughs> Uh, like, like <laughs> that's how they talk, right? <laughs> like Xander has in his fantasy back in yeah. back in the horny mantis episode. Yeah. All right, so this episode was how does it start? It starts with Buffy doing aerobics. Uh yeah, and so we kind of cut between Buffy doing aerobics in the library to techno music where um well it told me in the in the subtitles it was techno music i don't know if it sounded much like techno music to me but yeah she's doing like aerobics to some kind of like 90s young people music Mm -hmm. and giles is like oh turn this off it's not even music it's just noise i'm an old man and i only like classic rock um and um buffy's like i'm aerobicizing i need to have the i must have the beat and Giles is like, oh, you're giving me a headache. And then, so they're all being all cute and friends. And then outside, um, a man who turns out to be uh, an old friend of Giles's from his past uh-huh, uh-huh. is trying to get to Giles. And he has to come and speak to Giles for some reason. But But because the young people music is so loud... They can't hear him outside being like... So he's trying to get to Giles and then a woman appears uh-huh. and she is Deirdre? Deirdre. She, she, so she is Deirdre, although later on when Giles is like crossing their names off a list, um, it's written Deirdre. Oh! <laughs> no, but I think that's just because they don't know how to spell Deirdre in America. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So she's um so she appear this woman appears but she's like a zombie. She's like a dead body yeah. of this woman. And she um appears and she attacks is it Philip, the first guy? Philip, I believe he's Philip. Philip, yeah. Yes. So she attacks Philip 
um, Giles's old friend from the past. And he's at the door like, oh, help me, help me, help me. But Giles and Buffy can't hear because they're too busy um, listening to the really loud music. And she strangles him and then melts into a really dodgy CGI puddle. Mm-hmm. Very dodgy. It's quite, it's a lot, it reminded me of Flubber. Remember mm, Flubber? Like Flubber, you're right. They it's... made a whole film out of dodgy, this exact dodgy CGI yeah. effect. Has Flubber like mm. stood the test of time? I mean, not even in as a good, but is that a movie that people actually like know, you know, like that are younger than us? Or was it one of those films that you look back and you're like, they made this film called Flubber? <laughs> I'm not even sure that, like, I don't think until you said the name, I remembered it at all. And I did see it at one point. Yeah, but it was everywhere. Flubber. It, it was. It was. I feel like it had its it's day in the sun didn't it it was quite big at one point i feel like you could maybe buy flubber like it was just you know goop like those millennium what, babies stuff? yeah like it wouldn't wasn't really flubber like it wasn't um kind of sentient and it didn't was that it didn't was like that pranks. stuff you could buy like based on the film did the idea for the film come before the toy that was just goop i think they i think they made like a tie-in goop for the film you know okay because i feel like goop various like toy types of slime played a huge role in my life yeah we were really into that around the millennium babies remember yeah little eggs yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah i remember millennium babies so they were totally uh international then you had them in ireland too well i don't know if they're totally international but they were (laughs) they were at least in ireland and scotland (laughs) but we but people would insist that they would they would gestate like they would change like you'd buy them did you have the same weird rumors about them as us yeah well it wasn't even like rumors like oh no like you're supposed to like keep it for a while and then it'll like grow inside the ball or something okay that's not quite what we had what did you have so they i don't so there were all these like rumors and myths about them and i don't think they were like invented by marketing companies and boardrooms like I feel like kids came up with them themselves so one of ours was that if the the, at the millennium they would open their eyes oh my god did you not have that one that's horrifying yeah no we would like we would get and we kept but like specifically I remember like us trying to get the right brand because you could get cheap ones but we were convinced that like if you got like a cheaper one it wouldn't open its eyes like you had to try and get your parents to get you the good. Maybe this was invented by someone in a boardroom, actually. Mm. But yeah, we were pretty convinced that like you had to get the right kind, and if you got the right kind, it would open its eyes at the millennium. We were also pretty convinced that n- not so much that they would grow, but that they would have babies. Like babies would come out of them. Babies having babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you Girl. not have that? No, I think. I think we had the idea that there would like something would gestate inside them like it would grow like you'd buy it and it would just be like a tiny wee thing but then it would like grow and like fill the whole day fill the whole egg or something. Did that ever happen because like I feel like that (laughs) no but I mean like you could quite easily make something that did did do that like just swell yeah like absorbed it over time or something. Yeah, um, like just absorb the gel it came in. No, like it never, no. it never actually happened. But we, yeah. we would insist, and then they would just like you just throw the jelly at people and get in their hair and stuff. Yeah, and um, it would get all like dirty and horrible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I still remember the texture of them really clearly, though. Yeah, me too. 
yeah, the they were smell. they were kind of they were oh yeah the smell it's mm. sort of it's like a plasticky it smelled mm. a lot like classrooms like classroom carpets in or school. yeah like and and like erasers like just used rubbers mm. uh, yeah yeah exactly which for any American um, listeners rubbers mean um, erasers not not, not condoms. condoms yeah yeah they don't smell although maybe it does smell a little bit like a just used rubber. <laughs> um oh uh oh god I, I, on that i wanted to say something not about condoms but about oh about the music so the music mm-hmm. was written specifically for this scene it's not it's Which not music? the music that buffy's aerobicizing to oh okay yeah um but however it interpolates a certain melody and okay. the, the melody that it interpolates is from Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay. Apparently. So it's like a techno, a late 90s techno version of a Jesus Christ Superstar song, which um, uh, apparently the song, so the song is called Trial Before Pilots, you know, Pontius Pilots. Uh-huh. That yeah, but because I was reading it, and I guess because she's doing um you know aerobics or whatever, I was like the riff underscores the thirty nine lashes in the song Trial Before Pilate, <laughs> and then I was like Trial Before Pilate, and then I was like did they do did they do like yoga in Jesus Christ Superstar? Like was that was that big back then or whatever? And then it, I was like oh right, Pilate Pont- Pontius Pilate. Okay, <laughs> so I'm really. My Catholicism has really lapsed. <laughs> Punch, Pontius Pilates. Yeah, you know the bit where they like punish Jesus by making him do like um, a fucking tree pose at the top of Calvary. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, I think that's the start of the episode covered. <laughs> so uh, why did they write music specially for it based on Jesus Christ Superstar? I'm kind of weirded out by this. I don't know, but I mean, it's not that it's necessarily um, confirmed that someone said this, or if it's just something put on someone put online that they they noticed themselves. Um, and then it links to the fact that Anthony Stewart Head's older brother was apparently on the original 1970 concept album of the musical. So there's the connection. Maybe it was Giles who said this sounds a lot like the song that is in my brother's musical. Um, so who knows. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's what happens anyway. Buffy's jamming out to Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, the zombie lady Deirdre is strangling Philip and then possessing him with, um, evil flubber. And and then the episode starts. Gavin Rosdell's massaging my feet. Oh, that's good. So does it, does it open here with like, is it Buffy and Willow? Chatting. Well, I think first of all we have Giles's dream, right? Oh, Giles's uh, trippy Giles's dream. Sweet dream. <laughs> yeah, it, re- it really reminds me like they have not updated the idiom of so. So what's quite interesting is like in the nineties there was like a certain aesthetic for things that were like kind of trippy and like acidy or, mm. or you know whatever. Even you know think like kind of like chain spotting or or whatever. I, but they're a lot more like flash, whereas. Giles's flashbacks actually occur in a 70s aesthetic like much yes. the way that like that kind of thing would have been shown in like a 70s film it reminded me of that Peter Fonda film The Trip where they take acid and then it's just like yes. a kaleidoscope yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah like Giles's nightmares are a really bad 70s music video 
Yeah, yeah, very much, very much. Um, <laughs> but like, I was trying to work out. So, do we know kind of how old Giles is in the nineties? Oh, yeah. So this is a, this is another thing. So this is nineteen ninety-seven, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And so, are we taking it that he was in his early twenties in the seventies? It's not the sixties, is it? No, it's not the sixties. I think it's the seventies. So I'd say if he was, say if he was, um. So does this mean Giles is like our age? I think he was forty. Okay. I think he was forty. Is that is that right? Yeah. Imagine if he was forty and then so take away twenty off forty, he'd be twenty in eighty-seven, in seventy-seven. So mm. maybe he's a bit older than that still. I think he was supposed to be kind of maybe twenty and like seventy or something like that. I don't know. Okay. But yeah, yeah, he's he's around that age. He's still he's looking good for his age though. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. is Giles in a single bed? I've written Giles single bed question mark. Is this when he wakes up from his dream? Yeah, I could be I wrong. Didn't make a note of that, but I would believe you. Um, I wouldn't believe me. I was again very drunk when I was watching this last night. Um, <laughs> but I would believe it of Giles. I wouldn't put. It past yeah, him there's something very bed. there's something very Mister Bean about that. <laughs> this is something like, very kind of infantilized, infantilizing and like neutered. Um, so I hope he's not in his in his single bed. Do you know? Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe it is a double bed. Maybe I was I was just drunk. This is very possible. But um, obviously, no judgment on anyone listening who sleeps in, a, in a single, single bed. bed and yeah. is an adult. That's fine. Some people just Prefer... don't like space. Like if you are listening and you are an adult who sleeps in a single bed by choice not by by choice yeah like if you just like don't have space for a double bed or you can't afford a double bed you know like absolutely no judgment if you could upgrade to a double bed i would recommend it because it's like even doesn't matter if you're sleeping alone or what it, it is really nice to have that space yeah, yeah. I mean, we all we all have our own like we all different things available to us. Um, so then, is it uh, Buffy and Willow doing their anywhere but here game, or is it? Do we start with? So it's either Giles and Jenny chatting in the hall, or Buffy and Willow chatting out in the um, quad or whatever. Yes. So anyway, yes. We'll start... So we we start. I think we start with uh, Buffy and Willow. Xander comes in to join them. They're doing like their whole like who they fancy and where they'd like to be with them. Um, Willow wants to be with John Cusack, which kind of surprised me. But then I remembered like he used to be younger. I could see, I could see Willow being into him. I could see Willow being into him because he's always a little bit, you know, he's kind of smooth. He's quite, you know, this is a maybe a bit smart mm-hmm. as well. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of non-threatening face. Yeah. 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 Uh, I can yeah, I can see it I can see it mm-hmm. and then uh, Giles and Jenny show up um, and uh, Willow's like can you feel the passion and then Miss Calendar's like uh, shut up Willow and then Willow's like uh, coughing not speaking coughing uh-huh, uh-huh. Which I thought was very cute it was very I mean Willow really was testing her boundaries there wasn't she she really was yeah she's she's getting sassier and sassier yeah I she like really it. is um and there's some sort of like sexy chat that happens between Giles and Jenny at this point, isn't there? Yeah, there's a lot of sexy chat throughout the whole first half of the episode. There's like tension building towards um, them. So 
he so she's saying um, oh god it's about the book it's about the book yeah yeah so she he she borrows the book off giles and then uh she's just like oh wow it was amazing i had to like fold down like every page just to like but then i was like i couldn't keep track of this and i had to like underline but then i was like underlining like full pages because and then it's of course it's spelled coffee everywhere and um but then uh she says oh uh sorry i just like to i just like to make you squirm and and mm-hmm. he says well, I, uh, trust i gave good squirm Mm-hmm. So yeah, you did. Giles also maybe trying out new idioms, new ways of expressing his feelings, mm-hmm. and and you know daring and, and pushing his boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jenny, of course, talks about meeting up was it later that night or something, and says, "See if I can make you squirm." Yeah. So yeah, yeah sexy Miss Calendar. They who... have a little kiss in the school. They do have a wee kiss, don't they? It's a like a proper wee schneck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Almost in front of all the kids. You'd get in trouble for that. Mm-hmm. There are books on computers. Isn't the point of computers to replace books? Cordelia. Then Giles is in the library and the police turn up. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And... That's right. The police turn up and there's been a homicide. Ah. Mm-hmm. So this is when they ask him if he knew Philip. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which he did, and you can tell that Giles is definitely quite shaken um, mm-hmm. by the by the concept of, of this person from his past coming back. Um, Cordelia also tries to get out of a parking ticket or a or a, viol- a, tra- a driving violation ticket. By yeah, it's s- great. So Cordy shows up and she's like talking to the detective, and she's like, "Can you help me out with a ticket? It was a one way street, but I was going one way." Another classic line. Another great one. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic, Cordy. There. Like, I mean, what do we know about Cordelia's driving? Right. So we know that she's one way <laughs> down a one way, the wrong way down a one way street, right? <laughs> yeah. And then not too long ago, she talked about um the time she hit a uh, a pedestrian or a cyclist with her car. <laughs> And they made it all about her when it was actually right. Um, and then she's we... only just passed her test. Like we saw her getting lessons last time. We saw her. She drives when she's blind, and she doesn't seem to think that that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, so really, I mean, you know, Cordy is a danger. No, she also does pick up. Uh, is it like Willow and Jenny? Maybe uh, in the end, of series one, and and then and then she's like sees no problem just like driving straight to the library through all of the through all the doors. So like. There is something very, very chaotic every time Cordelia and Cars are kind of yep. in the same <laughs> in the same place. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like that actually subtly builds on uh, on that aspect of Cordelia. Um, so then they go to he goes to um, is the next thing he goes to the morgue to identify the body. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And the mortician is like. Very, uh, do you know, like, he's like, oh, have you had your breakfast? That's a good thing. Like, I mean, this is, he's there to identify a body that's someone that he knows. I feel like that's very yeah. unprofessional behavior from the mortician. Ga- Absolutely. Like gallows Schumer or whatever, but like, oh, psychopath, maybe man. Maybe just don't say anything. Yeah. Maybe he's one of the people who feels a bit awkward around, you know, like, 
serious situations it feels like oh i'll make a little joke and you know it'll kind of burst the tension job is to get family members and friends to identify the bodies though yeah like you learn better techniques you need to get some better techniques for those kind of situations if you struggle with them yeah maybe he also wants to be a detective like that um doctor (laughs) in the nightmares episodes you know (laughs) quite possibly (laughs) um so yes then then that sets giles off thinking um Oh, wait, because he sees the tattoo and he asks, do you know what that means? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, again, I I, like, no. I think, again, maybe he does want to be a detective because it's not like, you know, like... That's it's not... Yeah. yeah, they don't ask what your tattoos mean in Mortician. It's like they... <laughs> It's not like being at a party, like where people are like, "Oh, so what does that mean? Like, what does that mean to you?" <laughs> like, they just they just want to know. Okay, that's what it looks like, so I can identify you. They don't go like, "So what does yeah. that mean?" <laughs> what does you it know? mean? That was a bit of a particularly bad breakup, and I thought I'd never get over it. But I got this to remember that I have inner strength always. <laughs> um. Okay, where are we going now? So, um, Buffy is away to the hospital. There's a blood delivery happening. Mm-hmm. Um, blood gets delivered on Tuesday nights in a big van yeah, or whatever. And uh, vampires love blood. So she's away to make sure they don't steal the blood. And then she is watching from the shadows and she sees like a bunch of doctors going to collect the blood. And she's like... Uh, yeah, all's well that ends with QER doctors, I say uh-huh. to herself. Um, and but they're not QER doctors because she then quite rightly points out um, why would the doctors be getting the delivery of blood and bringing it inside? That's probably someone else's job. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it is. It's a job for vampires, and they're all vampires disguised as doctors. So then she has to go and fight all the vampires off. Um, Angel shows up and helps her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but she's, yeah, the reason that she's, she's stressed about this because she was expecting Giles to show up and he hasn't. That's it, exactly. So yeah. she says to Angel, can I maybe just, will you help get this blood inside and I'll just go and check on <laughs> uh, Mr. Giles and see how he is. So she does that. Does, he tr- does she trust him to not um, sample it? Because I mean, he looks a little bit upset when she says, "Like, can you get this blood inside?" And he does this kind of face. Angel's faces are often quite difficult to interpret, yeah. but he's definitely not happy about this. And I don't know if he's not happy about it because he's like, on seriously, Buffy. Like, we don't know if I'm going to accidentally drink all this blood, or, or... He's like, yeah. Or maybe he turned up because he was going to take the van of blood so he didn't have to kill Quite people. Possibly, and yeah. now he's like, actually, Buffy, like we fought these guys off because they're bad guys who wanted blood. But I was actually here for me to have the blood because I'm a good guy who wants the blood. Yeah, just like, let me have some blood. I'm a vampire. <laughs> or he just had other stuff to do and he's like, fuck off, Buffy, take the blood in yourself. Yeah, maybe. Either way, he doesn't look happy, but he often doesn't look happy. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't always know why he's not happy. Um, um, so, Buffy goes to see Mr. Giles to see how he's doing. Mm-hmm. And she shows up and he is not doing very well. No, he's not. He's very tired. She thinks he's been drinking. She thinks he's been drinking. Yeah. Which she's very shocked by. Very, very later. shocked that he's been drinking. I think he was drinking. He was home alone drinking. But tea, right? Wasn't tea well. 
I was drinking when I was watching this episode, so I felt quite judged by Buffy in the moment. Hell, I'm drinking right now. <laughs> I'm doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was just recording his podcast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is just a bit... Just having a beer, Buffy. Stop judging me, Jesus. Um, he, uh, he, he crosses off the names on the list because he's calling. Oh, it's quite urgent. I know it's 4 a.m., but it's quite urgent. Um... And uh, that's when he that's when he crosses out the name Deidre, uh <laughs> <laughs> and it's left is just Giles and Ethan. But and he is in a very dishevelled, shaken. He's been drinking. He has been. You, you, his friends died. You might misspell Deirdre. As well. Yeah, true, true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he shows off his tattoo, which is the same as the mm-hmm. other guy's tattoo. So they have a friendship tattoo, like we do. Yes, just like we do. Um, Ours aren't completely matching because we are slightly cooler. Than yeah, them. we're a bit cooler. Also, they don't invoke um, ancient evils to possess us because we just take drugs like normal people. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be fair, on one level of the metaphor, that is what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. And and that's that. No, that is though. And I think that's um that's something quite interesting. That, I've not made this connection before, is this is the first episode, more or less, where there's like a direct um, sort of sustained examination of the effects of magic that compares them to drug use, which without mm-hmm. giving too many spoilers, that will be something that gets explored in later series mm-hmm, of Buffy mm-hmm, in, in a much mm-hmm. more in-depth way. So, um, so yeah, uh, picked up on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> So, yes, we see Giles' tattoo, um, and then uh, the next day, uh, they're all talking um, in, in Ms. C's class, right? They're all talking in Jenny's class about, well, whatever they're doing for her. Are they doing databasing or something? What did she tell them that they're doing? So, they're having, like, a special extra class because they're not very... So, some of them... It's it's to be honest, it's a little bit torturous. The reason that they're all in school together on a Saturday, um, Willow's there to help some of the others to get extra credit, and Xander and Cordy are there because they're very bad at computing. Um, but then nobody else is there. It's just so it's just the three they're of the them. two bad ones, and Willow's the one the one good one. I would find um, that I would find that quite weird if I was like Xander and Cordelia and Willow and turned up and this teacher who is also going out with our librarian older friend seems to have like orchestrated uh, some kind of sting for them or just. <laughs> Do you know, just just a bit weird. It would, it, I would think that's quite confected, and I would start to be a little bit worried about this woman's like kind of involvement in my life a little bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I can't remember if she does say what they're doing. That I think they do mention at one point the specific computer thing they're doing, yeah. but it was so outside of my computer understanding. That yeah. I just kind of ignored it. I just assumed it was a databasing or probably databasing. Maybe they're jack. They're just they're jacked in. They're jacked. They're in. probably jacking into the mainframe yeah. yeah, in order to, in order to hack the cyber. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Buffy turns up and she says, "I'm a bit worried about Giles. He was he was wigging last night. Um, I think he was drinking." And mm-hmm. then everyone's quite shocked that Giles was drinking. Drinking, um, not drinking. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then Cordelia's like, yeah, he was fine yesterday whenever the police came to question him about homicide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so uh, they find out, they, they start to put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. And then when the library is mentioned, Buffy thinks, well, I'll go to the library then. Uh, mm-hmm. Or I guess looking for Giles or something. And who is in the stacks? Only Ethan Rain. Ethan, who was the costume shop owner who caused chaos on Halloween. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who worshipped chaos. magical haunted costumes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, he's a very... Um, he's, a, he's quite an interesting character. Quite flamboyant, I would say, Ethan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Um, there's, uh, yeah, there's definitely a camp value to his sort of, uh, his, his, his evil is a very, he's, he's like Scar or something in, um, The Lion King, you know, um, and she calls Giles and, uh, Ethan mentions the mark of Igon and then Giles says, you're in danger. And that's when dead Philip enters. Mm Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> Giles runs and then there's a scuffle. Mm-hmm. Philip is put wait, Philip is put in a cage. He's put in the cage. Yeah, which the is library the, the cage. The library cage. The good old library cage is back. So still hasn't been explained. Never explained, but I think this is only maybe like the second time that someone's been locked in the cage. I think the first time was uh hyena Xander. Yeah. And now it's dead Philip. Um, and I think at this point, the scriptwriters are like, okay, we can use the library cage a couple more times before we have to explain why there's a cage in the library. Yeah, I, I can't remember if they ever do explain the cage in the library, but we'll... We'll, <laughs> well, they're thinking that at this point, and then by the time they've shown it fourth times, they're like, ah, everybody's just used to it. They don't need to explain why there's a cage in the library. <laughs> yeah. And then they just, you know, they keep putting it off and putting it off, and then it's too late, and the moment never comes for them to explain it. And then dead Philip turns into... Flubber, mm-hmm. and the flubber is the the evil flubber is absorbed by Jenny. Mm-hmm. Um, now this is the point where I have some notes that I do not understand. Tell um, us what they say. I want to know. So one is just says Liquid Boy, um, and then the other one says Lean on me, comma but sexily. Um, so I think maybe this is when uh, Jenny might get up and I'm just assuming that she leans on Giles and that everything she does is sexy. So maybe I, yes. th- maybe I thought that's what was happening. She was. I think Giles might have said lean on me and then she does it in a sexy way. Yeah, she kind of like puts that her... Rings the bell. Yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Mm. Um, I'm, I don't know what liquid boy means. Mm. Lean on me. It'll be all right. I enjoyed Cordy being proud because she kicked him. Yes. So once they've they've won the fight, or so they think, so um, he's been turned into Flubber, and then Cordy's like, I kicked a guy, and she's really happy. And then she also says, um, see, this is what happens when you have school on a Saturday. Yeah, that's another great line. Um, I oh, remember Cordy. what Cordelia means now. It's whenever Giles um, pisses off and tells, tells Buffy, like, you know, stay out of my room, Mom. Um, yeah, basically says to Buffy that, but she's not his real mom, and uh, it's none of his business, and he should just get, she should just get out of his face. Um, he's very silly. He's very silly, and then Buffy has to kind of right, we're 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 gonna do this, guys. We're gonna we're gonna be really nosy, but in a good way, and mm-hmm. we're gonna figure this out. So she's like, Willow, hit the books. Um, mm-hmm. Xander, 
do something else. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, go through his personal records, mm. uh, which he keeps at the library, not at his house. <laughs> Weirdly, yeah. um, he keeps his, all of his, I don't know, diaries and photos of himself as a rocker. Um, so the Cordelia, <laughs> the note that just says Cordelia is when Cordelia jumps down and just like smiles, just like beams at Buffy. Like, I'm here, I'm ready. And then Buffy's just like, what do you want? She's like, I, I want to help. <laughs> oh, that bit's lovely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, a lot more Cordelia getting f- brought into the fold in, in mm. this episode. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I think is it around this time that they find the picture of Giles as well? Yes. So they find a picture of Giles, um, being young and wearing like head to toe leather with an electric guitar and being like, that was a guitar riff again. However, uh, that is not a real photo of Anthony Stewart head. Um, I didn't think so. It's it's superimposed. They put a young, uh, the young head head. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So the head is head. But okay, I didn't I didn't reckon I didn't think it the was head is head. head, but the body's not head. Okay. Um. Okay. So, uh, the body belongs to Sid Vicious. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's Sid Vicious, Aww. and they just put like a young head on top of it. A young head's head. Young head That's head. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am just going to say it, being a a demon, uh, you know, really suits Miss Calendar because she looks, uh, even better than ever. Uh, Mm -hmm. her hair is doing a thing. She's just got a kind of a smokier look about her eye. Like her eye always has a glint in it, but it's got even more of a glint this time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it just really suits her. She's looking great. She is glowing, glowing. She's become a demon lady but she totally seems like herself apart from she's got like flashy eyes that she does at the camera yeah whenever nobody else is looking yes which is really fun uh-huh. um and she's she's yeah she is even more sexually aggressive than she usually is so yes. this is also the other question right so um they well i think we find out about it do we find out about it after yeah, I think it's after Jenny runs away. But um, the idea is that in the past, uh, Giles and Deidre and dead Philip when he was alive and Ethan and someone else who's on the list, presumably, uh, it was also crossed out, used to invoke this demon by one of them would go into a deep sleep and then the other one would like invoke it so that it would like, I guess, possess their body. And then that would be a euphoric feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, comparable to drugs is is kind of what's implied. Um, and uh, yeah, but when the demon takes them over, this is a little bit like the the Xander hyena question, right? How much mm-hmm. of the action is the demon? How much is the the, the person, the host? Mm-hmm. Is it sort of like a vampire situation where it's like it mm-hmm. has their memories and their personality, but it's not, and it's evil. So. So then I'm basically I'm trying to figure out like how much of that is Jenny just like and then like the tips over into Igon or is it an act the whole time is the whole thing an act. So I think we're supposed to believe the whole thing's an act the whole time. I think so, but it's a convincing act. Yeah, it's very convincing. So maybe the demon, I mean the demon is certainly tapping into her speech patterns and 
kind of movement patterns. So yeah. maybe the demon does have access to some of her habits or memories. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And, you know, and she knows that they're involved in everything. Um, mm. And Giles um, wouldn't be so easily kidded, you know, like I think... Well, he's quite he's quite shaken though, do you know? Like he's he is quite he's shaken, very shaken, right. and he's so guilty mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I guess he would be just happy to receive any kind of placating messages Maybe. from this woman that he's endangered uh, mm. um, with his sexy, dangerous past. Yeah. Uh, and then there's 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 a little bit of there's a lot you could do a lot of queer readings of this episode. Oh um, yeah. So first of all. Ethan and Giles, definitely, there's a definite kind of homoerotic tension between the two of them, yeah. I feel, do you know? Um, but the demon, I feel like, is a male demon. Uh, I mean, I don't know the gender of Igon, but it feels like it's coded as, like, a male force because that's what's so sort of, like, um, uh, this kind of unbalancing about seeing Miss Callender, her voice get deeper and this beautiful woman become like, you know, this like tough brutish kind of thing. Uh, but mm. at the same time, keeping all of this like sexy language. So there's a lot of just like, was it good for you? You've got yeah. me under your skin. So it's all like kind of sexy language, but you and know, then the... like later it's like, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's she mounts him. there's something quite queer, I believe, about about the the demon uh, hosting and and the whole kind of demon Jenny Giles thing. There's there's yeah yeah definitely definitely yeah, uh, which is why it's horrifying. Exactly, that makes it worse. That's what that's what's supposed to make us feel. Oh, so, does it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's I the tra- you, yeah. it's the transgression of it that's unnatural. Mm-hmm. You know, a male demon saying sexy things to Giles. Yeah, like if she was just the sexy, if it was a sexy female demon, it might be. It wouldn't be different. as funny or you know whatever. Um, uh, yeah. So then, uh, all of the gang are are in the library working stuff out still, aren't they? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Oh, and then Jenny Jenny pulls out the the cord for the phone. Or or mm. Igon does. Igon does. Um and mm. this is just clicking with me now. Jamie told me that he was having crazy dreams last night and in one of them, uh Nicholas Sturgeon was crawling along the floor pulling out telephone wires. <laughs> and I think it might be because we watched this episode just before Beth. <laughs> um That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh Okay, anything else there for you? <laughs> crawling and out pulling out telephone wires while crying I will not let you disrespect my public image (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh god wow yeah Jamie's dreams are fantastic yeah yeah another good um Okay, yeah. So, so the the gang are, are 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 researching. They're trying to figure out, and then and then Willow realizes that it's it's not Egyptian. It's Etruscan. Yes. Um, which they can tell from the iconology, uh, if I recall correctly. Um, and then she reads out the page, which I paused, and the page is just exactly what she reads out, more or less. Um, 
that this demon will like take possession of like a human host and if it's left in it for too long it will be born from within them um and it can go into dead bodies but then it will make them disintegrate after a while so you know it'll just keep hopping like flubber the evil haunted flubber will just kind of go from body to body um yeah forever i guess yeah so we're kind of flipping at this point between um them in the library learning and uh Miss Calendar slash um, Igon trying to seduce slash kill um, Giles at his apartment. Yes. Um, I had a few little things that I wanted to discuss. Uh, one is the fact that Buffy comes off the phone. She tries to make a phone call and then she comes off the phone going, thanks, operator. Um, and then tells them that she's not been able to get in touch with... Uh, She's tried to call Miss Calendar, couldn't get in touch, and uh, Giles's phone is out of order because right. the demons pulled it out of the wall. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was so of the olden days. I Thanks. definitely don't remember a time in my life where I've phoned the operator. So this used to cost more money. Do you remember this? No. Yeah, so like if you didn't know someone's number, you could you could call the directory and ask for the number and during I'd, our lifetime. During our lifetime, yeah, yeah, because I used to have to do this. Um, and there I'm would sure. just be someone sitting on the other end of the phone. Uh, there, yeah, there was presumably a bank of people. I imagined like a wow. warehouse full of people just sitting there, like yeah. Okay, Giles and orgies in the same sentence. I could have lived without that one. What were your favourite knickknacks in Giles's house? Oh, I wasn't I wasn't paying enough attention, so you're gonna have to tell me yours. I love his lamp. He's got a lovely lamp. Oh yeah, no, the lamp is a classic in that in that apartment, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's also got a large number of decanters. Mm-hmm. Like, cause he is he's drinking, him yeah. and Miss Calendar, that he has been drinking. Um, but it's okay that he's been drinking because I think because it's out of classy like bottles. Yeah. So he's obviously like I don't know bought booze and then put it in these special glass bottles that he has. I think it's whiskey. Several of them in his house. I think it's it's whiskey that he's drinking, which has Mm. a certain cachet in America. That like okay. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like I feel like it's kind of worse almost that he's drinking whiskey because it's like it's like a hard spirit. Or something. Liquor, yeah, Whereas yeah. actually, um, whiskey is delicious and um, mm. pr- probably much better for you than beer. It's cleaner, you know. Probably. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and he's got he's got quite a lot of paraphernalia just like out on the counter. It's like he's got various decanters. It's like he's been drinking various from all decanters. of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. been going on a on a whiskey flight. <laughs> Maybe he's been making a little cocktail. Was it good for you? Jenny, mask off, is now Igon, and her face is changing by degrees. She's doing, again, Mm -hmm. the very kind of, like, sexually aggressive, threatening behavior towards Giles. She's got a very tall forehead now with, like, maybe some sores opening up in her face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Looks quite Star Trek-y, actually. She looks like kind of like a Vulcan or, like, a Klingon or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Giles is like, oh, God, what have I done? Um, Buffy manages to come in. And like save Giles, and then uh, Igon Jenny jumps out the window. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Giles is able to talk to Buffy and explain his whole backstory, which is that he used to run with a bad crowd when he was at Oxford. He was studying history by day and the occult by night. Uh, of course. 
Of course, he was already a young watcher, so he was kind of dealing with his destiny that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and him and his friends used to, instead of just taking drugs like normal students um, at Oxford in the 70s, um, they had to um, get a demon to come in and out of each other's bodies to give them a temporary high. Mm-hmm. Which is also very, like... There's something kind of, um, I think there's something quite sexual about that as well too, kind of giving there over is, the yeah. body to something else. Um, and also kind of an invert, a very Satanistic in terms of it's like an inverted version of like people being in like raptures, do you know, like mm. raptures and like, you know, holy raptures or whatever. But um, they're, they're getting obviously the same kind of euphoria, but from like a, a bad, a bad demon. Bad. They do mention, uh, Willow mentions that um, back in the day, um, people used to summon this demon for like orgies and bacchanalia. Yes, yes. So I guess, yeah, another interpretation is that Giles and his pals were just having orgies. This is this is a good point. She says, for instance, for orgies and bacchanalia. And then, then Xander's like, oh, Giles is an orgy, whatever. But you also kind of feel like Xander's like making that joke because obviously it wasn't an orgy do you know like Mm -hmm. they're not genuinely worried it's an orgy but maybe it was an orgy yeah maybe they were an orgy when they did that and you know what good for them good for them i say yeah Yeah. nice little drug fueled orgy Uh uh-huh um so the should we find out about his past and it's all very oh Giles is a much more kind of three-dimensional character than we've ever known and and that's quite good and um then uh Buffy goes looking for Ethan and she goes back to the costume shop which I can't remember if we knew he still he mentioned still having the lease at it I think Uh uh-huh yeah he's still hanging out there yeah so she goes there to find Ethan and she finds him scuttling about Mm-hmm. Um and then she's like, "Here, I'm here to save you because you know, I, it saves Giles. I guess I'm worried about him. I'm worried about Giles." And then um, Ethan just thwacks her over the head with uh some statue or something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds very painful. Yeah. And... and then he ties her up while she's unconscious because he's gonna give her a tattoo of the mark of Egon so that he can then get the demon to go into her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and burn his own tattoo off with acid? Acid, yeah. Uh, that doesn't feel like... um, doesn't feel like a, a, an effective way to get rid of a tattoo. Um, no, I mean, clearly there are better and easier ways to get rid of tattoos because people do it all the time, right? Yeah. Like tattoo, like it just it just feels like there's a lot of collateral damage there to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what techniques they do use to remove tattoos, but I don't think it's quite as like, horrific uh, and painful as that. Like, and he's not even, like, just, like, I don't know, soaking something and then like trying to like he's literally just pouring it all over his yeah, arm even though it's not a measuring ve- that out it's a very small tattoo he does not need to be burning that much of his arm no he just you know ethan he just loves the fucking drama doesn't but, he but that's the other thing it's it's more of the transgression of ethan he's this he's this kind of unbound character who like throws mm. acid on himself you know awakens homoerotic um uh, competition with with Giles invokes demons, you know that kind of thing. So, 
So I think it's supposed to, again, be just like, oh, this guy is just a bit too much, isn't he? Yeah. This is a bit too much. He's Um, a bit too much. We've all had a friend like that, you know? We've all got an Ethan Rain in our life. Someone from our past who, like, (laughs) we're just like, oh, yeah, it was just a bit too much. You know, still in touch with him, but just took a wee step back because he was always, like, pouring acid all over his arms when... You know, could have just gone to a tattoo to move all the So Buffy gets the tattoo on her. So she's now got the mark of Igon. And that means she's susceptible. And then the the mothership lands and Igon gets out of the UFO. Because when they walk through the door, there's like this inexplicable green light behind them. Yeah. With the shadow getting like smaller and smaller like as it gets towards the door. Uh, yeah, yeah, very strange effects. We have this lovely because we're cutting back and forth between these guys at the costume shop and then uh, Cordy, Xander, and Willow at the library. And we've got this lovely scene where like Cordy and Xander are bickering, and she tells him he needs acne cream, which is like he doesn't have any acne. I know. Um, I picked up on that as well too. He's got very smooth yeah, skin. Very unfair of her. Yeah. And then. Um, <laughs> and then he's like square go Cordelia just square go and he's like gets up to fight her um which which made me laugh because yeah I mean she would she would definitely beat him to a pulp mm-hmm. and then uh Willow's like you guys need to work she takes control she stands up she's all like yeah and she's like you guys need to work with me you need to be on my side or you need to get out of my library and I really enjoyed that I thought it was good uh hot lava that's for a heretic oh yeah yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, ooh, ooh, bury a potato. Angel burst in. Well, first, she, first Igon uses, like, kind of telekinesis on Buffy and, like, slams her against the wall without touching her, which is another. So Igon is, like, can turn into Flubber, mm-hmm. uh, has really good lighting options, mm-hmm. and uh, can use telekinesis. So these are these mm-hmm. are the these mm-hmm. are the powers we know that Igon has. Um... And uh, then Angel turns up. and He's also stronger than a werewolf. We won't find this out till later, but he can get out of the library cage. Oh, true. Yeah. yeah, stronger yeah, true. than a werewolf. Stronger yeah. than a werewolf. Um, so, yeah, Angel uh, starts choking uh, Aegon Jenny, uh, which is quite horrifying to watch because we, mm. we know that, that obviously anything that's done to this this vessel... Um, we that's why that's why we can't decapitate her. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. And then, uh, without turning into flubber, seems to bypass the flubber stage um, mm-hmm. and goes straight into Angel's body. And then the two demons have a fight, and there's some more CGI stuff. And then poof, is gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jenny goes back to normal ish. She's traumatized, but she kind of go back to normal. Mm-hmm. And Ethan just slips out the door. Yeah. Just goes yeah. away. And then interestingly, I thought, so then Angel's like explaining what just happened. And he's like, yeah, I've had a demon inside me for like a couple hundred years just waiting for a good fight. So I thought that was interesting because we kind of had in the last episode, it's like, right, so when you become a vampire, you uh, die yeah. and this demon takes over your body, right? So that had already happened to Angel where he died and then a demon took over his body and he became a vampire. Yeah. But then he got his soul back. So it's like the rather than that meaning that the demon left him, it meant the demon got layered on top of his soul. So the demon stayed, but his soul like went on top of the demon. 
Yeah. And like kept the demon suppressed. And then in this scene, another demon comes in on top of the soul that's on top of the demon. <laughs> and then the underneath demon fights the demon on top and then shoves it out. So there's a lot going on in Angel's body, right? It really is. God. But it makes sense because, like, of course, his, the demon would have to still be inside him because if not, if he'd just actually become a human again, then his body would have decomposed. Yes. Or at least got older than like twenty six or whatever. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, he's like he's like demon. He's like human body on de- demon on soul on demon. At that point. Wow, yeah. he's like some sort of a cult parfait. <laughs> yes. I hadn't thought about that. That's a really good point. I had it until now. Yeah. yeah. There's just yeah, loads going on in Angel's body. Um, not so much going on on his face. Yeah. Yeah, but, so um, we all we always kind of focus in on this, like on the on the like like with Xander and the hyena as well too. We really want to locate, we really want to locate the human. We want to locate mm, the soul. We want to locate yeah. the different dynamics. Do you know? Because it's important for it understanding is. the characters, I think. Because we see these characters throughout Buffy do lots of weird things when they're kind of under the influence of various occult things. Yeah. But I want to know what's going on with that core human being during all this yeah and it's much like if someone was going you know to trial and you would want to know like okay but like were they able to take these decisions at that time Mm -hmm. or was it or you know was their mental faculties compromised and then like that would affect what kind of punishment or not they got right and Mm -hmm. um these characters are sort of in in our court in the court of our opinions we Mm -hmm. we really want to know kind of how much is it compromised how much how much um, is them how much is their uh, like volition and, and how much is, mm. is uh, some sort of kind of soul parfait um, exactly yeah. and I think we're to believe that Mrs. Calendar Miss, sorry Ms. Calendar doesn't have a lot of um, agency when she's this demon like yeah, the, yeah. the demon's just the demon um, but there is a suggestion that she does remember those experiences afterwards yeah yeah being in the body with the demon because she is deeply, deeply traumatized now. Um, she's not very happy at the end. And it kind of seems like she maybe doesn't want to go out with Giles anymore because she knows he's bad news, which is sad. Yeah, I mean, I think just that the it's also like, um, it's almost like he, it, mm, how can I say this? It's like he was on drugs and then she was on drugs because she was out with him. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. almost like, and then she's just a bit like, oh no, like, I don't want to be in that world. Um, yeah. You know, and it's quite, it's quite like a traumatizing experience, especially because it's not no. something she decided on. And then also because you don't know exactly, like, if she was in there doing all these things, that's quite traumatizing to lose that agency. Yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, no. Um, I mean, I yeah, I'm on her side. It's just sad. That's it is all. sad, and and it's I and it's like um, it's it it's strange to see her like that, right? Because we mostly know her for being the one that is like pushing the boundaries, like you know, very very few personal boundaries, kind of very like sexy and close, and and like you know, kind of pushing it pushing nearer and nearer into someone, and then here we mm. see her withdraw. Yeah. You know, um, literally, that's sad. Um, so that's quite sad for her. It's quite sad for Giles. It's quite sad for everybody. Xander and Willow and Buffy realize that Zan- that Giles is a person. Uh, Giles and Buffy have a nice little chat at the end where Buffy's like, "Hey, you know, I guess we're like 
we're like friends as well. Like there's something a bit more equal between us now, but that's nice. That's not a bad thing. Like I'm growing up and I'm realizing mm -hmm. and um, they do this in front of like a um, an inspirational poster that's like, if you can dream it, you can be it. If you can something it, you can Aww. believe it or whatever. Um, a lovely scene. Do you know the CD that uh, uh, Buffy waves in front of Giles um, being like, come on. No. What is it? It's the Chemical Brothers. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. I forget the name of the one, but it's I the one with like put, the... But put Buffy down as a Chemical Brothers fan, but there you go. And I don't know if the Chemical Brothers is necessarily like the same kind of music as that Jesus Christ Superstar one. But anyway, it was no. like, they they probably were just like, let's get some dance music. And it was like number yeah. one in the dance charts or something like that there. Yeah. Um, music that Giles wouldn't like. And uh, Giles says it's not music. Who is music, according to Giles? Um. Oh, shit. Who does he say? Is it rocking all over the world? It's, the, it's the Bay City Rollers. The Bay City Rollers. Sorry. From Edinburgh, no less. You know. You're, They're from my neck of the woods. from your neck sure. of the woods. Yeah. Um, but They're very different from the kind of... <laughs> yeah, it's that. So <laughs> that that's that's the thing. It's like so that's the kind of thing that they would have imagined Giles liking before knowing about his past, or that we might have imagined Giles liking. I I don't know if I would. I mean, I mostly imagine him listening to that Sims music, the sort of like light kind of lounge jazz, yes. like yeah, 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 yeah. lounge classical. Um, but yeah, the Bay City Rollers, it's not quite the Sid Vicious uh, music that we're made to believe. That uh, mm -hmm. Like, can you imagine them just like, okay, they're all there. They're having their orgy. Ethan's there. Giles is there. Philip's there. Daedra's there. Igon's there. They're all having an orgy listening to um, Bye Bye Baby by the Bay City Rollers. <laughs> <laughs> so, not demon you know, pansexual orgy music. No. Although, you know, you can listen to anything you want in that situation. Who am I, who am I to judge? <laughs> you can have a Bay City Rollers orgy yeah, if you want it. Yeah, yeah, go wild. Um, And I think that's maybe a nice image to end on, unless you've got anything so. else to add. <laughs> no, I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I think, can we get away with playing a Bay City Rollers clip to play us out? Do you think we'll get sued for that? Um, they're from your neck of the woods, why don't you ask them? I'll ask them, yeah, I'll ask them.